Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, touching footage, debating diversity, and we have part three of our interview with Ruth Hughes. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl <laughs> who has just shown me a video that is making me almost cry. It's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man with a soft heart. It's Chris Dames. So let me talk about this video. It's a video of a baby and they've literally just provided this baby with a gift of hearing. Um, and the reaction of that baby made the room quite dusty because I'm feeling <laughs> quite... There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tear in my eye right now. Um, it is absolutely just lovely. just giggling. Yeah. Just imagine losing a sense and then suddenly like getting it back. They just turned on those hearing aids and they just saying yeah. hi. Yeah. Thing is, the, uh, I suppose the other thing is, so I've, as you know, I've got glasses this week, and I don't know whether when you when you're without a sense, whether you actually miss it because you're like. You like sort of like, and it's a like a, a, a massively minor example, but I was living without having glasses, and suddenly I've got glasses, and it's the the, the world is clearer once more. Now, if it's a major disability, like not being able to hear at all or not being able to see, it see at all, then that that's entirely different. But um, like. When you're a baby and you don't know that you things make sounds, thing, yeah, well, exactly. You just you just don't know because you've never been able to People hear. People are just moving their lips at you. Yeah, exactly. You, how do you contextualise the world based on that? I don't know. I don't know. They get the little baby hearing. <laughs> yeah, should we just go back to the video? I'm, 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 I'm trying to explore the world using deep intellectual questions, and Charlotte's just like. Oh, there's a baby. <laughs> I'm just smiling and laughing because it can hear its mum. Um, which You're is saying hi. Which is joyful. I absolutely love it. Um, so last week at the end of the podcast, you were telling us about your gym session. How are you finding Mikey. it? Okay. I know that I know. There's an old man in yoga who keeps on moving oh quite God. flexibly. What the hell is this man? What do you mean? What the hell is this man? Like he can bend all the. He's like tripled my age. Yeah. And he can. Balance his leg. Is that Joe? Huh? Cotton Eye Joe. Where did he come from? Where did he go? <laughs> he's, in he your, come he's in your yoga class, Cotton Eye Joe. That's where he is. At least he's not in my Zumba class, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but just imagine if they played Cotton Eye Joe in your Zumba class and Cotton Eye Joe was dancing in that class. <laughs> That's That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Just, is there any men in your Zumba class? Uh, no, there's not that many people in the Zumba class full stop. You're joking. I think I'd, I'd assume that Zumba would be one of the more popular uh, it's like classes. Six people. Six? And then you go to the tone and there's like 20. Is it 20 or 15? I don't know. I th- I, I, weirdly, I assumed that Zumba was going to be the popular one. Tone's really popular. Tone. How about yoga? I really don't like tone. But yeah, yoga's pretty popular. Yeah. Um, tone's pretty popular. Zumba, not so much. Gets about a third. Any men? No. 
So Cotton Eye Joe doesn't go. He just Cotton Eye Joe just goes to yoga then, yeah. Probably. Probably. Okay, fair enough. So what else has been happening in your life? Uh, I'm doing mocks. GCSEs are right round the corner. Yeah. In less than a hundred days. <laughs> Is that how you count down stuff? It days now. Yeah. Well, doing the GCSEs every twenty days or so, we get a reminder. Yeah, hundred days away. You know, you've only got 55 school days left. At what point do you go, I know when my exams are, leave me alone? After the second time. Right, okay. I was like, bloody heck, man, I know when my exams are. Yeah. It's like, stop giving me this added stress. Just relax, enjoy it. Enjoy it, enjoy exams. I, I've just said it and realised how ridiculous it sounds. <laughs> I'll go and I'll maybe enjoy the maths and the English. In the media. Yeah. But everything else is going to be a hellhole. It's all right. You'll get through it. And you'll do. And I'm a million percent sure you're going to do well. Um, uh, If I'm just hoping in your media exam, one of the questions is, where, explain, where do you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Well, the questions are more likely to be like, yeah, how does uh, the IT crowd use... um, no, how does the IT crowd create meaning? And the whole point of it is to talk about selection, combination, and exclusion. All right, this isn't a revision podcast. This is a totally podcast where we share stories of kindness. I could totally do a revision um, podcast. So let's talk about um, last week's question of the podcast, which was no, we're not. That's for that's end the of, end. That's the end of the podcast. But you've- um, I, have, I have a bit today. So let's talk about this week's question of the podcast, which is what's your favourite or the world's greatest cardboard oh, game? Oh, this is the conversation we had to put off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think I know yours. Yeah, yeah, you know Do you mine. know mine? No. Cluedo, maybe. I don't know. Chess. World's greatest board game. Oldest board game. Chess is the answer. Um, what's yours? Game of life. <laughs> <laughs> but we had this conversation about game of life, and you wanted to know why you can have gay couples in the game of life. <laughs> they should release a new game of life where you can just like partner up with anybody. See, in the board game version, like you can do what you want. There was no one standing there going, "No, sorry, mate, you have to have a husband." But see, you had the app on your iPad. Yeah, I on. used to sit and play. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you were if you were a man, did it used to say you get married? I don't think in the card game it specified whether the little person you put in needed to be a different colour or not. No, it didn't. But it in, didn't. The, in the in the in the app version, it assumed. It assumed as soon as you went through that you wanted someone of the opposite gender. Yeah. Which is very not true. Old school. Old. <laughs> Old school. Uh, old school. Old school. Um, Clearly doesn't know me very well. Yeah, yeah. But but in chess, the fact that the uh, queen is the most powerful piece on the board and the king needs defending, it's quite a feminist principle, isn't it? Don't you reckon? Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's just history. Yeah. How about, how about card games? What's your favourite card game? Oh, my favourite card game. We had a game of Uno yesterday. We had a game of Uno and I taught you guys to play sevens. 
and you got real competitive. Yeah, this which is, is the thing. like why I like Game right. of Life. Talk, talk to me about how you get good at Uno. Because I, at the minute, I think it's random. But how do you, what tactics and strategy you use to get good at Uno? Oh, I have no idea. I just I kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing right. it. Right. Are you saying you've got no idea because you don't want to share your tactics and strategy? No, I genuinely have no idea. I sit down with my cards and I go, right, I've got to get all these people with more cards in their hands. But I also need to get rid of my own cards. So how do I manipulate them to... For my own well, psychological manipulation—that's your, that's your secret, is it? Look, when you're playing, when you're playing with a table and six people, and you have no idea what card they're gonna put next, you have to kind of twist things a little bit. And then we we always play with adapted rules. So, like, if you wanted to layer, you could layer on top and. Right. Are you allowed to just throw your cards in the face of somebody else and storm off? <laughs> no. This is what you... Okay, that's why I like Game of Life, because it's one of those games where you're not really being that competitive. It's just like, yeah, you're going to go and live a happy life at the end anyway, so what's the point of throwing a straw? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But then, that Game of Life is a little bit competitive, isn't it? Yeah, but you get to fly around the world with your family and have a good time. <laughs> It's, it's quite nice, but I, I agree with you. Maybe they, the game of life needs a bit of an update. So, if people would like to let us know um, what their favourite board or card game is, where can they? Get oh, touch? we have a Twitter um, at Ola Kindness, and then we have a Facebook. Hmm. I was going to say the email when I said Facebook, and then my brain kind of went, "No, that's not right." So. Uh, the Facebook is The Kindness Project and the email is honour at thekindnessproject.co.uk um, we have a website <laughs> I mean I know it's very modern technology but yeah. we have a website <laughs> well it's more modern than the Game of Life, Game of Life iPad version because clearly we we accept anybody listening to the podcast don't we exactly you know, wh- whatever you are and whatever you want to do you can listen to the podcast as Jeez. long as you're kind. That's the hey, that's hey. the thing. Can I can I just talk about one thing before we go? Um, have you seen the Mr. Rogers documentary on Netflix? Oh, I saw the tail end of it with you. I'd go back and rewatch it because it is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Now I'll try I'll try to persuade you because there's a Mr. Rogers film out at the minute with Tom Hanks in. And you're not too keen. You wanted to go and see Sonic the Hedgehog. I wanted to go and see Doolittle, but you don't want to go and watch it. Doolittle? I'm not having Doolittle. You seen the reviews for Doolittle? No. It's doing very little for me. Then I, t- I could do that. Don't screw reviews. They're film critics. They're supposed to be critical. Well, they've not been critical to the Tom Hanks film. They've been actually quite generous to it. Because it's why are you saying Rogers with such disdain? He was like one of the kindest like... people on telly. Because it's Rogers. Everyone um, loves him. Doolittle yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And no one wants a remake of Doolittle with a white man when it was originally a black man in the first film. No, 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 no. Right, hold on, hold on. Eddie Murphy played Doolittle, but before that, years ago, there was a character called Rex Harrison who played Doctor Doolittle. So he was originally a white actor and then moved on to a black Batman. actor and then, and then and then went back to a white actor. Is it because it has low cultural diversity? Does it have cultural diversity? Please tell me it has cultural diversity. What do you mean by that? 
uh, a range of ethnicities and a range of actors, you know? Well, again, like I'm quite relaxed about the Game Alive having same-sex couples, I'm quite relaxed about Doctor Doolittle being whatever Doctor Doolittle wants to be. If he wants to be an Indian man or an Indian woman, I'm happy. Thing is, with the modern age, it's going to get bad reviews if it's not inclusive, which is... What do you mean? Well, because films that aren't inclusive now, so like a lot of films that have all white casts aren't. Oh no 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 no! Right right. So we're comparing Dodge Too Little, that's about a white man, with a love a beautiful day in the neighbourhood, which is about a white man. One's got good reviews and one's got bad reviews. So how which are you? Which I, don't, I haven't seen either film. Right, Dodge Too Little's about a white man. Is a doctor who speaks to the animals. Fred Rogers, A Beautiful Down the Neighbourhood, is about a white man. Beloved man, fictional character. Yeah, so what's your point? This doesn't have to... Uh, the one about Mr. Rogers doesn't have to have representation because it's a telling of true st- of a true story. Right. Whereas the Doolittle is not so much a telling of a true story, so it would be more appropriate for it. It doesn't have to be completely accurate, so it can have more ethnic and not including them in it yeah. would be seen as a poor reputation on the production company because that, I completely disagree. Okay. I completely disagree. Some like I think you should. Have films that have the best person for the job in. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. You don't know, you know want some terrible actor, but just because they're like, oh, yeah. we want a range of ethnicities. As long as the actors are good, but like you can't kind of go, okay, this is a film of pure, pure white people and think society as a whole is going to accept that. I, Unless I, it's a film that's historically accurate or set in a place and time where there wasn't that many. I, 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 I think there's space for all sorts of movies with all sorts of casts. Be it all white, all black, mixed, anything. I just like mixed movies. Yeah. There's that, that, that new David Cobbfield one looks good. Yeah, with, um, it's got... Um, Hugh Laurie, Peter Capaldi, I can't remember... Two the... white men out there, they! Well, I can't remember the guy's name from Dave Slum... Patel. He was in Slumdog's Millionaire, Dave and Patel. I love. Oh, you remember movie. the white bloke's name, but when the Asian bloke comes up, you don't know it. Oh, this Hugh Laurie's face, uh, face and name is on the wall in my science classroom, and Peter Capaldi was the doctor, and I have an obsession with why, Doctor Why is, why is Hugh Laurie on, your, on the wall in your science classroom? Um, he has a science degree in something about rocks and fossils. <laughs> he has a science degree in something sciencey. And on that... <laughs> And on that note, and after that complete rant about... You know, this is the thing, right? I I am still trying to get my head around um, a culture... Like, I, 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 like, I'm 100% like, cool with the inclusive bit, but I just don't think positive discrimination is a particularly good thing. Yeah, yeah me either. <laughs> You've just spent 10 minutes arguing for it. That's not positive discrimination. Not saying we should be inclusive in our films. I agree. Mm-hmm. And on that note, should we get on with the show? Mm-hmm. 
So, in this segment, which we still haven't got a trailer for, um, did you want to do a little uh, jingle? I'm good, thanks. Okay. It is the section where we just talk about a little bit about good news. And in this particular week's story, I've got teen praise for his honesty after heartfelt apology and cookies... And cookies. And cookies. The stranger following Iacy Road accident. Not many people would celebrate their mailbox getting taken out by a car, but when Crystal Collins experienced the valour and kindness of the particular youth who hit it, she knew she wanted to shout his praises in public. <laughs> the teenager rang her doorbell when she was at home in London, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and told her that due to Iacy conditions, he'd accidentally hit her mailbox. Not only did the youngster offer his most heartfelt apologies for the incident, he also offered out every dollar in his wallet. Collins told him to keep his money, but he returned to her house two days later with a plate of homemade cookies. Aww. If anyone who wants to come round, don't knock down my letterbox, because my letterbox is attached to the door, and that might be a bit awkward. <laughs> but if you want to... If Especially you, with the storm we got going on right exa- now. Exactly, yeah, it's a bit stormy. If you want to come round and I oh, know, no, actually don't, don't do, <laughs> don't do anything. Just bring cookies. That's <laughs> Just what I'm bring saying. Cookies. Just bring cookies. Cookies. Collins was so touched. She published a Facebook photo of the young man from a security camera last week in hopes of identifying him and his family. I am looking for his parents. She wrote, "They should know what an outstanding young man they have raised." After the post was shared several thousand times, the young man was identified as Owen Sullivan. Uh, it also reached a social media of his mother, Jamie, and she was extremely touched by her son's honesty. I honestly got teary-eyed because it was so j- just nice to know your kids do good things when you're not around. I love that story. I love that story. What do you? How do you behave when... Nobody's looking, and nobody you know is looking. That's the true test of an individual. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do, what do I think? I think they're right. I think I, that is the true test of an individual. What exactly what they do when no one they know, because like people often act differently to try and impress others. So if there's no one you know present, what would you do? Yeah. Who are you trying to impress? And the answer yeah. is absolutely no one. Yeah. So, but. An amazing thing to do. Well done, that young man. Well, well done, Owen. And um, yeah, carry up, keep up the good work. So now we've got the last uh, part of Ruth's interview. Um, we've had Ruth on for the last couple of weeks. She's shared some amazing insights, Ruth views about being kinder to herself. And what we want to do now is conclude the interview with some more insights, but also... Questions of the podcast. Absolutely. And I intend to continue to the theory with positive emotions, and and you were creating those emotions with Charlotte, is that it works in the moment when you do it. It also works when you recollect the past. Yeah, great. We've we've just done that little exercise there. Both of us. I I, I hadn't had that memory for a while. Um, And then also when we're looking forward to it. So I don't know where your next... Travel yeah. experience with with Charlotte is, but you can you can get those feelings of happiness well, and anticipation uh, in advance. Well, that's really interesting because in our in our uh, in, in in my work with clients, yeah. we talk about the fact that you should definitely f- 
you should definitely prioritise experiences over stuff. Right. Because the sort of three elements of happiness come from the memories, the anticipation and the actual experience as opposed to the stuff. Right. We use that That's hedonic, hedonic happiness as to goes, go, yeah. goes back to the mean. So it's, it's interesting. But yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think part of my job is to create memories for yeah. me and, and the people I love. It's really important to me. Yeah. So that's just an example of one. And then engagement is, is um, the second one, which is it can be really associated with positive emotions, but it also has an element of challenge in it where you're okay. slightly out of your comfort zone and maybe that sense of flow where you forget yeah. about time. So typically it would be sport. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned exercise and I know that you're a runner. You're going to do a marathon. Yeah. Um, but when you're in the zone and you're running, you're just there. You Time passes differently, sure. doesn't it, in, in those moments. Yeah. And it's also stretching you physically. Yeah. So engagement is another component of yeah. well-being. It's that right balance between challenge and... and is it, is it, I can never Pleasure pronounce his name. M- Mikhail... Sit- it's Mahalyi. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I feel challenged right now <laughs> trying to pronounce yeah, yeah, me his too, name. But yeah. yes, yes, that's yeah. exactly who it is. Um, and Mahai, sit, yeah, it's a really <laughs> difficult name to pronounce. I can see it, but I can't pronounce it very well. Um, so that's engagement. So P-E-R relatedness, and we've talked about, and that's different for every everybody. Some people, their their dose of relatedness would be sitting one-to-one and having a coffee yeah. with somebody that they like and trust. And with other yeah. people, it might be having a big party and having lots of people to socially interact with. Yeah. But all of us need to relate as human beings yeah. to, at, at some level. And then meaning. Meaning's the one, I, I was. that was the biggest surprise for me when I did the the masters in in that i think i'd thought meaning was something that you had to find and i think a bit like love people think love happens to them you fall into it but love is something that you do and it grows through doing it yeah and meaning meaning is the same yeah so um for me activating my strengths provides meaning but doing things for other people is is very meaningful yeah. for a lot of a lot of people and yeah. th- again there's a lot of scientific basis behind that but but also not necessarily just for other people if you feel that you're part of something bigger than yourself for some people it's religion for some people it might be the, the NHS or politics yeah, yeah. or whatever whatever the thing that you contribute to that's more than you yeah, yeah. and that you're a part of that creates meaning pr- imp- improves your well-being yeah P-R-M-A, achievement. So measuring achievement and goals. So I'm a coach and I work on helping people to achieve their goals. And a lot of unhappiness could be caused if your goal is too tenuous or too too difficult to to pin down. Making your goal really smart, Smart specific, um, measurable, achievable, realistic um, and timed. So you know when you're going to do it that can really help um it can also provoke anxiety you've got to work with people um but being able to measure your progress against some kind of marker is demonstrably improving of your well-being um p-e-r-m-a and then h which is health and exercise okay so again it can be connected it was it was the missing one 
um, that they felt wasn't included in the original five. Okay. If you do a little bit in all of those, if you build those rocks into your week before you start, yeah. the chances are that your well-being yeah. will stay good and your mental health will stay protected. And part of that is about time management, right? And, you know, Being intentional about including these things in you your... Know. In your life, yeah. so you've. I'm just curious because yeah. you've. So, in terms of um, engagement, where do you get that from? Well, where Actually, do you talking? Yeah. <laughs> you you said it was the longest two first two questions, but um, I get my engagement. I lose a sense of if if I'm speaking at a conference. If I'm I'm I don't lose all sense of time because I've got to keep to time, but. Um, sharing this kind of knowledge is what I love to do mm. and I don't feel like it's work yeah. if, if, if I've got a whole day where I'm working with different groups I don't realise I'm tired until I stop yeah, gotcha. because yeah. the energy that yeah, it's energising isn't yeah, it yeah. Abs- absolutely so, so I'm a very sociable person as well and I, I like connecting with people yeah. but I also strength love of learning so that's if I can share that love of learning if I can see people yeah. responding if they're asking questions yeah. if they're looking at how to apply so if I'm working with a group of teachers looking at how they can apply PERMA in their environments and they're going oh we could do this oh and we're already doing that and that's brilliant and why do you know that I love that okay. I find so energizing. so how, how about this then? And yeah. let me, if this is too contentious, tell me. But <laughs> okay, let's, go on then. Uh, I like to throw in a couple of at least marginally challenging questions. Right. What happens when you haven't got that environment and you've got a room of. That was a very deep intake of breath yeah, there. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if, whether that was from a memory you've just, <laughs> you've just thought about. Okay. Um, uh, what happens when you struggle? with that environment and you're in an environment where potentially and I I'd imagine this happens rarely but potentially you need to work really hard yeah. to get people on board so if I'm at a conference it really doesn't happen because they're there they've, for... cho- they've chosen it but I still do work in schools um, and sometimes I do some outreach work and on something specific like helping manage change I, I did a a workshop not that long ago with a group of sixth formers yeah. who were part of the day program and they didn't really want to be at the program yeah. I think so um, I have got teaching skills in the sense that I was a teacher for 30 years yeah. and I've dealt with classes on a Friday afternoon that don't want to be there and that are pushing all sorts of boundaries so um, I will kick into using those tools and strategies whilst always seeking to make connections yeah because yeah. if you've got a ho- you've got a group like that but not everybody in the group is like that yeah and so you handle the group st- dynamic you, you handle the group dynamic and you reward the people who are engaging yeah. and you make it interesting and fun for them yeah and then the other people stuff. People were going, well, we want, now want to be involved in that environment. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so that's what I would do in that circumstances. And, and, and I do feel very much more drained. You know, if, if you've got a day like that where you're really working to yeah. get people engaged and to get... I would say I haven't had any experience where I would say it hasn't it hasn't been successful. Okay. But I certainly have had the experience where it hasn't felt 
that engagement flow because I've had to work really, really. It, then it's work rather yeah. than fun. Most of the time, it's okay. fun. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and talk to me about the tips that you'd give somebody to protect their own mental health. I would say, particularly as if they're going through challenging times. Okay, I would say for first of all, identify your strengths. So I talked about virtues in action, character strengths. Yeah. Um, That's available Google online. It. It's yeah. available online. It's free. Um, it, it, I would do one thing. I would say about that is some people they do the survey and they go straight for the weaknesses at the bottom. They say, "Oh, I'm, I must be weak at that." They are all strengths. Some of them are more active in us than others. So so it isn't a case of those are my strengths, those are my weaknesses. They're all my strengths. I have, I just have some that are active strengths. Okay, well, I'm doing that when I get home, number okay. one, because yeah. I'm really interested in that. But number two, yeah. you've got a list of strengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The questionnaire yeah. tells you that these are your five most powerful or yeah, pertinent yeah. or whatever. Okay. And again, I might be wrong on this, but yeah. my natural reaction to this would be to focus on doing more of the top five yep. and sort of ignoring the remainder. That's exactly right. Okay, That's, why? Why is that, okay, why is that because, right? Because, so as human beings, we are so used to focusing on what we haven't got and working on that. And, and, and actually, I blame schools, as speaking as a former teacher, because if, you, if you're saying, oh, how's you know, little um, Sam doing in maths... Um, oh, you know, fractions is a problem. Yeah. It needs to work on fractions. And you, 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 you kind of think, well, if Sam's brilliant at addition and, and is, is being given the things they love, that might develop a love of maths. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. might develop the... You know, whereas if you, if you spend all your time working on the stuff, A, you're not naturally very attuned to, not very good at, you feel you're not very good at... Um, and that you don't like, is it going to make you like that subject? Is it going to make you feel good about yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so your response, I think, is absolutely psychologically the healthiest one. Yep. And when when we look at what people do in their jobs, yep. you know, um, we tend to, like now I'm doing the thing that I really really love, um, but we tend to do the things that we have an affinity for. We don't end up doing the subject that we couldn't wait to drop at school yeah. just because it's good for us to yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. we don't continue continue that so I think you need to spend a really help there are of course I have to do tax returns I have to do you know yeah. all the stuff that we have to do that we might not particularly have fun doing um, and obviously those need scheduling in but to schedule in the things that give you the energy and that give you the joy um, yeah great yeah. That's that's what's good for your mental health. You could health. potentially delegate those jobs to somebody else, couldn't yeah, you? I mean, that's absolutely. my response to it. You know, yeah. what can I get rid of? Yeah, what really... can you get rid of? Yeah, that, 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 that somebody else can do, the, do more efficiently because it's it's their bag. And it would be their thing that people who are really really and enjoy that stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't know who enjoys doing tax returns. Some, my accountant. Some people clearly. do. I've, I've, I've got a brilliant accountant as well. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, uh, so that, so that, that's that's good to know. Um, and one of the final questions that I want to ask you is about um, growth mindset. Yeah. Okay. Because I know I know that you and I have both um, read Carol Dweck's book. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favourite, favourite, favourite books of all yeah. time. Um, uh, 
can you explain to and I, but I'm not an academic I'm just a bloke <laughs> with a podcast okay. who, who reads a little bit so from an academic perspective speaking to the everyman right I'm sitting here um, <laughs> how would you explain growth mindset okay. and why is it so important in our lives okay so growth mindset is about um, well it's based actually on the neuroscience that um, we used to think that people had fixed abilities fixed IQ fixed capabilities yeah. in different areas there's been quite a lot of research in fact the, the first piece was on taxi drivers um, who had to learn the map of London yeah. And they found that their brains actually grew. Changed, yeah. Actually physically changed. And so we we always used to think that you could only learn up to a certain point and after that your brain cells died off and you, you gradually yeah. lost your, your mental capabilities. We now know that physically your brains can learn, develop new neural connections and grow throughout your life. Um, but we don't tend to operate. So we've talked a lot about mental maps. Our mental maps seem to operate in a way where we think that we have fixed abilities. So um, fixed mindset would be a number of, of concepts. Abilities are fixed. You either can or you can't do something. Um, you would avoid challenges because if you can't do it, what's the point in trying? And also that knocks your status, your, yes. your sense of self. Um, you have an argument or engagement in order to prove that what you know is right. Um, and you would hide your mistakes and be shamed by them. You would make excuses both for things you don't want to do and for mis any mistakes you did make and things that you had done. And you would take feedback as criticism. Whereas with a growth mindset, you understand that abilities are growing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you can't do something, it's because you haven't yet yep. got yeah, the yeah. skills or strategies, but you you may well be able to to grow and develop them through practice. You would seek challenges, so you would engage yep. with the actual learning. Um, you seek always to improve. Uh, if you make a mistake, you'd examine them. You'd yep. look at what went wrong and what you could learn from it, and you'd see those mistakes as opportunities. Uh, to improve and you take feedback as advice yes yeah, so, sure. so, so you'd see it as being something um, helpful and I went to Carol I heard Carol De Dweck speak ah, amazing not, she were, it, uh, totally amazing and also Jonathan Needlands um, where, uh, where was that at oh, I can't remember it was it was in an old church okay it was beautiful building I wish I could remember where it was Anyway, but but um, it was it was a great day, and he came up with a grid of achievement with fixed mindset, and that I found even though I'd read the book, I think I hadn't really got that bit because when we think of growth mindset, we tend to think about it in terms of things you can't yet do and having an attitude to that. But I hadn't seen growth mindset in terms of the things that I thought I was already good at. Sure. And then I thought, well, I mean, and all of us have growth mindset in some ways. But in areas. terms of improving the skills that you think you're naturally good at. Exactly, but yeah. exactly. So um, if you're successful and you think, oh, I'm naturally good at that, that is a fixed mindset. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. a bit like, whoa, because actually what you should be thinking is I've developed an ability to be good at that. Sure. You may be, you might have some natural propensity, but 
you know, had when you, you were continued two, to improve when that. you were two you certainly weren't good at it and yeah, probably yeah. five years ago you weren't as good at it as sure. you are now so it's a learnt behavior yeah, yeah sure, and, sure, sure. and the implication of that is you can get even better yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um you know and then um loving being successful oh, i love being successful because i'm good at that um rather than loving the success the outcome it's the 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 continuation of being able to improve that you love so so instead of measuring your success you're measuring that development yeah it's interesting though because like you you like a couple of things spring to mind i was thinking about the sort of some of the language you still use mm-hmm. and, and one word that sprang to mind was mastery because you never really master no. anything do no. you um and then as you're as you're speaking and because i'm such a fan of growth mindset it just brought back a memory of charlotte's in her last year of gzsc yeah. this year um and cassie cassie and i normally go to the um open evening together um my my youngest daughter sophie had her tonsils out last week so oh. she's 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 feeling the pain bless mm. her a bit um we'll go through that so i went with charlotte to her open day and it frustrated me a bit sitting in front of some of the teachers because they described her as clever right. and i'm not overly enamoured with that word because I try to persuade Charlotte that she needs to continue to develop and work hard Mm. to and yeah it's interesting how you assume that this sort of research would have permeated into the academic community it's starting to but yeah I mean what I said to you at the beginning about teachers being very much you know we we are trained to help people with the areas they're not so good at yeah yeah, and that's very you know, oh, that person's good at that. That that person. Yeah, There's it's been some Fascinating research yeah. on teachers being randomly Ill- allocated. So they've been given a class, and all the scores for how the the, the pupils are true, but they've been given um, information which is false about the class as well. That some of them are late bloomers. Yeah. And yeah. That have that potential, and others are not. And all of the ones who would, you know, they have potential, but they're not fulfilling it, suddenly did much better than the others because of the the teacher's it's expectation framing, isn't it? of them yeah, it's having, having changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that you're absolutely right. If you think of yourself as clever, and the other thing about being told that you're clever and having a very outcome-driven world is that clever children might not work. And you might think, well, that why not? Why why would that happen? But it's because if you try and you don't do that well, yeah, the perception you're changes. You're not clever anymore. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you don't try and you don't do that well, it, you are already labelled as clever. And the reason you didn't do well is because you didn't work hard. Yeah, exactly. It's so too yeah. little, too late. It's a real symptom of growth mindset it's to do with an outcome orientated culture. Um, um, and then you know it also has I don't know what I'd do if things went wrong whereas if you have and you're successful you worry what, what happens when I'm you know if something goes wrong whereas if you have a growth mindset and you, you, you learn to look at problems as opportunities you think alright I would, I would have a strategy to deal with it and I, I, yes. that's been the biggest change with me I still do worry about things you know I kind of and I try to 
to preempt. But I think, okay, if that happened, I've got a number of strategies that I can use and okay. I will survive it. Yeah, so yeah, I've, yeah, I've got yeah. generally much more optimistic outlook in yeah, life. Yeah, and resilient. Right? And resilient, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me ask you one more. <laughs> that, that was amazing. Thank you for that. One more challenging question to finish off. Okay. okay, it's not too challenging, so it's fine. I um, I find education. I'm, I've never been a teacher. I, I haven't got any professional experience in this field. Yeah. But I find educating in 2019 quite an interesting prospect mm. because and and let me let me just tell you a story to frame this a bit. Okay. okay? So I I um I my business and I go in and try and deliver financial education as they try deliver <laughs> financial education to kids on an annual yeah. basis so we sponsor 30 kids through a class we've been doing it for five or six years um and we get massive amounts of satisfaction from trying to help kids understand more about money yeah. on a on a rudimentary level um and i i in my own head currently i'm trying to work through this um this year we went back to the school that we did it before and they haven't got the capacity in the um, uh, time in the in the syllabus to do it and that's my phone going that's really unprofessional podcasting <laughs> by the way you should never do that um, uh, uh, so so we, 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 we were in a position where actually this year we're not doing it um, but it made me think about how in 2019 if I can get access to all the knowledge in the world through my phone. Yeah. Should we have more focus in schools on teaching techniques, skills, resilience, things that aren't immediately accessible? Mm -hmm. So should there be more skills focused as opposed to knowledge? 100%. Okay, cool. Cool. (laughs) So there, so, um, so there wasn't particularly challenging that <laughs> no, question. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the model that we have within schools is a pretty old-fashioned. Broken. Yeah. I wouldn't say broken, okay. but I would say it's an old map. Yes. And it needs updating. Um, and the world, you know, we're training young people for jobs that haven't been invented yet. Yeah. Um, and so what we need to be training them in is the ability to deal with situations that they haven't dealt with yet and the ability to have strategies to cope with what life throws at them rather than to be measured on being able to regurgitate different bits of information and actually to to be fair there's a there is a lot of very good work being done in that area but it isn't enough it's a, it's, and the thinking isn't radical enough it's a titanic isn't it trying yeah. to shift the shift the boat um okay so let me ask you this then what what change do we need to make to make sure that boat's moving more quickly because and again let me give you another perspective on this because i'm curious about this i spoke to a um, ex-head teacher who I know really well who said part of the challenge is teachers typically become teachers from university so they go through college university and then straight back into education Um, and his perspective on it and again I don't know whether this is entirely accurate or not but his perspective on it is having teachers with a bit more outside experience might be beneficial for children, but I don't know how you govern that. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I think having a strategic way of doing that isn't 
isn't necessarily clear. Yeah. I mean, I was I was a teacher who'd worked in a number of other professions before I went into teaching. And, that, and I felt that that really helped me and helped me to connect with the young people that I was working with. Okay. Um, but likewise, I'm now a professional consultant and I think that the work that I did as a teacher is infinitely valuable sure. in what in what I do now. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, getting getting just more experience, more flexibility. Coming back to expertise in cultural transition, helping people understand what it's like to be in different situations, empathise with people who see things very differently, building that shared experience in as many different ways as we can yeah. is the way forward, yeah. so far as I see it. Amazing, that's brilliant. So... That's all of our questions answered. However, we always try and... Um, you've listened to a couple of the episodes of the podcast, so yeah. you, you probably know about this, but um, I don't know if you were ready for it. What we uh, always do is ask a couple of questions that we ask our listeners every week that's right. non-related to uh, kindness, but we just... Because we're, we're quite curious, we like to ask them. So uh, just a couple of questions we've asked, and we've got a 100 of these questions okay. now because we ask them on 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 every interview um and we get some really amazing answers so it'd be interesting to get your no pressure no pressure pressure. um if you could model yourself on your favorite book character who would it be favorite book character trying to think if I've got one. Okay. I, I did I did English lit for my first degree. So. Okay, what's your favourite book? Um depends on what genre. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't say that I have a favourite book. I have I have many, many favourite books. I, I think thirty years ago I'd have said Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment because it was so interesting, but it seems really dark and depressing now. Okay. Um Yeah I I, I can't answer that question. Okay. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Let me give you another one. What's your favourite piece of trivia ever? Okay. I, <laughs> the thing that's immediately sprung to my mind was a little... Um, I, I don't even know if this counts as trivia, but it was a, a, a Facebook meme on acceptance. Okay. Which has a little picture of, of two clouds... And on, on the left-hand side, and they're both raining. Yeah. And on the left-hand side, underneath the cloud, it says, it's raining. Um, I wish it wasn't raining. Why does it always rain? Uh, I only like it when it's sunny. Um, it, it's probably going to rain all day. It makes me miserable when it's raining. Or when is it going to stop raining? So, And so forth. And on the right, it says, it's raining. Yup. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as an example of just how we do that thing to ourselves where what's happening we can just either tell the story or we can just go okay that's that's happening that's happening yeah gotcha yeah i like that i like that what um if you could visit one ancient civilization what one would you go back in time and visit i'm really tempted just just for the look of it i'm very curious about ancient Egyptian culture I, I don't think it would be 
a very pleasant experience, but just the awe and the majesty and the the amount of team effort okay. that was used to to and the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vision of, of something you know, we talk we talked about contributing to something greater than you are. Um, something that will last a thousand yeah. years in the future and, and, and just seeing that seeing kind that of concept in development. Of yeah. Eternity, yeah, I'd be really uh, interested in that. That's interesting. Um what um, let me think of it. Let me. Oh no, there's a, the, the one of our. I'll, I'll give, share one of our most contentious questions ever, um, and I didn't think it was going to be when I asked it. But what's the best muppet? <laughs> um, oh, that is a really hard. <laughs> is isn't it? I mean, I'm kind of tempted to say. Gonzo, but I don't know why. Okay. Okay, Gonzo's good. Gonzo's good. Um, and um, what's your biggest claim to fame? Oh, I, <laughs> my biggest claim to fame is a really odd one. Um, I supported Eddie Izzard. Oh, did you? Right, amazing. And in the Exeter and Devon Arts Centre, again, about 30 years ago. Doing stand-up? It, well, it was it was a version of... I, I basically, it was fairly poor political poetry. Okay, uh, interesting. With a, yeah, humorous political poetry. And it was the most frightening thing I've ever done in my life. And I'd never done proper stand-up. I'd done a few sort of student gigs. But yeah. this was a... I mean, it was still largely a student audience, but it was a proper audience. And I shook so much before I went out. And it went down well. And I came off the stage and I was still shaking. And I just okay. thought, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to do that again. Um, because Would you ever do it again? Now you know. No. No, I love speaking in public. I love to know what I'm speaking about. Stand up, I wouldn't. Okay, I so interestingly, think. would you ever do a open mic poetry night knowing that you'd you had your. Yeah, I would do that. Okay, interesting. I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. It's the being funny. And I don't know the whole dynamic, and also he was so amazing, and so so maybe it was that comparison thing as well. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, what's your? Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, what's the world's greatest fruit? It's probably got to be the apple. Apple. Okay. Interesting. I. I think there's only one answer. The bananas clearly the. Uh, the I like bananas. Yeah. But uh, no, I think it's got to be the apple. It's more uh, versatile. Okay, fair enough. And what's the best Christmas present you've ever had? Oh. I in in light of um, experiences over. Yeah. Um, I think a, a Christmas holiday that that I had. Okay. Uh, in Africa, going down again to Kariba this a number of years after that, that trip was pretty special. Yeah. Okay, amazing. You know what we've Cassie and I have done this year? We've um, we've said we're not going to buy each other presents, yeah. but we're going to buy experiences yeah. instead. Um, so we're off to Dublin for Valentine's Day. So we're doing that. That'd be good. And I, so so Cassie, no, I like jazz. So Cassie, yeah. um, Cassie bought 
Gregory Ball's tickets for for um, May, and then I started talking over the weekend about buying Gregory Ball's tickets oh. and completely spoiled oh, the no surprise shame. because she had to tell me then don't yeah, book them because I've because I've, I've got them uh, already. But I'm I'm a big advocate of that. The, the, the best birthday present I ever had for my for my fortieth, um, I'd Mark and I when we first met we wrote bucket lists. Yeah. And he'd achieved pretty much everything on his. Um, I had swimming with dolphins on mine. Right, okay. And for my 40th, he took me to Egypt. Amazing. we swam with wild dolphins, which was... Okay, so that leads on perfectly to the next question we've asked. Yeah. What's next on your bucket list that you're going to take off? Personally or professionally? Well, or? it is professionally. So okay. I've, I've, I've got a real passion about what I'm talking about today. And I think that culture shock really isn't well enough understood. And I think there's an awful... But partly, we, we're in a much more global um, world than we were before. People move across continents. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also, you know, an increase in intolerance, but it comes from lack of understanding often and from fear. I think it was, it was Gandhi, wasn't he? He said, we think that the problem is hate, but the problem is never hate, it's fear. Yeah, yeah, hate yeah. is born from fear so um, I think I, in terms of what the message that I want to spread I'm, I'm working on some online courses at the moment okay. to help people better understand culture shock and to help support people undergoing cultural transition um, and I'm really excited about that and that's next on my bucket list is to try amazing. to get that message out there amazing I love it and um what are you um what are you most nostalgic about i think maybe my children being little okay my children are wonderful adults how old are you how old are you 20 and 23 okay but they were so you know just that thing where you come home from work and your kids run up and they just yeah those those kind of absolute unself-conscious hugs yeah yeah, i'm nostalgic about that are they are they do they hug you still oh yeah they so they do, love but they do, they do. Oh, my daughter, no, not as much as I do. They, okay. yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they do like a hug, but um, you know, it, it was that that thing where that was the most important thing, and they'd kind of be racing to yeah, get to you yeah, first. Yeah. I am nostalgic about. I, that. I, 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 so my two girls are a, a little bit younger. So Charlotte's um, fifteen, nearly sixteen, and then Sophie's seven, nearly eight. Um, and I realised the other day that there won't be any more of the firsts that define yeah. that like part of of my life. So they both can ride a bike, yeah. they both can swim, they both can yeah. read and write really well. And and even though there'll be loads more firsts, yeah. I sort you sort of think, oh, I'm, I sort, I'm never going to experience that again unless it's with grandchildren yeah. or whatever it may be. And, but and those moments when they go, you know, when they're really little, they come into bed for a cuddle, um, and then one day they don't anymore, and you never know that that was the very last time. That yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that yeah, it's that, interesting, that isn't it? And um, last question: Where can um, oh no, here's here's one more, <laughs> which is quite fun. If you were to open a shop with a pun-based name, oh lord, what would you call it, and what would it sell? So let me give you a few examples of of what we had. Um, uh, hairdressers top crop we had from one of our listeners. 
Liceland anti-knit shampoo store. <laughs> um, apparently there's chip shops are really good for, for puns. So we had the frying place, the Codfather, and Oh My Cod. Um, and um, uh, there was, uh, what else did we have? We had a pub called Pickled, apparently. So what would you... Okay, um, well, let's make it coaching based. So, if I call it the coaching rooms and I put talk till your horse, <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, because it's coach and coach, it's the good derivative. And uh, where can people find out a little bit more about you? Okay, so my website is um, www.curious-human.co.uk. Um, Amazing, thank you so much for your time. So, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thank you cool. very much, Chris. So that was the last part of Ruby's interview. What did you think? It was good. It was good, wasn't it? Let's move on with the show. It is the end of another podcast. And it is actually the end this week. And guess what? I didn't make the mistake I made last week. I actually asked the question on social oh, media. Did you want me to fill answers. it in? I thought you were just taking a dramatic pulse. I, I was. I was. It was it dramatic enough? No. Um, okay, so um, this week, uh, last week, I asked a particular question, which was, if you had a pirate name, what would it be? And we had a number of questions um, and a number of really bad pirate jokes. So Russell Davis was the first to chip in, uh, and he'd call himself Long John Noti. <laughs> Long John Noti. Um Andrew Berwick said, Captain Sparrow under the moonless sky, but also emailed us a na- pirate name generator. So we couldn't think about pirate names last week, um, uh, apart from Cotton Eye Joe. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do the pirate name generator and see what your pirate name comes out, out with. So you are, um, you are a millennial. Oh no, actually, yeah, 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 2003. So you're a millennial. What do you currently do in life? Still trying to figure it out. Uh, full time student and rocking it is the answer. Okay, cool. Um, oh, next. And what's your deepest desire? Inner and outer peace, a compassionate world, personal growth, finding true love, or understanding other people. Understanding other people. This is a bit deep for being a pirate named Jerry. I thought we were just going to press a button and get an answer. Um, <laughs> there's more questions. <laughs> um, just bring one quick. Uh, um, uh, my life is a crazy explosion of shapes and colours and ideas. Okay, that's, that's fine. What it says, Please, no more questions. No more. <laughs> what role do you play in your friendships? Is there is there a, is there a, is there a, a I'll, I'll be the peacemaker. Right, right, come on, please. No, we've got more <laughs> questions. All I want is Charlotte's Work pirate out, name. are you serious? Um, right, all I want is a pirate name. That is all I want. Right, if you don't give me a more questions, it'll look like fun. I just want a pirate name. That's all I want. Next. <sighs> I often... Um, what do you dream of? Yeah, that one. All right, right. Right, please give me a name. Please give me a name. If you were an animal, what would you be? An owl falcon or an eagle. Can I I just be a pirate that has a name that you're actually going to give me? Maybe I'm just a cop. And then the button's not working. Oh, do you have a bucket list? Uh, 
No, but I do know what I want in life. Okay, that's fine. Yes, I want a pirate name. Uh, sorry, pick one below. Uh, you are I am ca- obviously not a captain. No, no, maybe first, I am. Maybe first mate, first mate, and then we'll put Charlotte in. We will actually get to uh, get to your pirate name. In a oh, minute, for, fun fact while you're doing that. Um, did you know that a captain can officiate a wedding and the... And if the captain is getting married, the first mate can officiate the wedding. But if the captain and the first mate are marrying each other, the second mate can officiate the wedding. That is an amazing trait. Captain Little the Funk Master. Hey. Now, I've got to be honest, I don't know whether that questionnaire was worth all that effort. That could have been like completely random. And I've just answered all these Thinking questions to get the. But thing. you got my fun little pirate fact. Yeah, I did. That, that was good. Roberta White's pirate name would be Blind Rue. Uh, Nick Matthews just shared a joke. How much do pirates pay to get their ears pierced? A buck and ear. A buck and ear. <laughs> that reminds me of my joke. Um, uh, and then John Charman chipped in with Why can't pirates learn the alphabet? Because they spend their years at sea. <laughs> Um, why are pirates called pirates? Because they are. <laughs> you um, put one on. How much did the pirate pay for his peg and a hook, an arm and a leg? <laughs> why can't pirates play cards? Because the captain is always standing on the deck. Um, and yeah, loads and loads of bad jokes. John Cook, friend of the show, just one-eyed John. <laughs> and Alan Cass said, when I lost my eye to cancer in 2014. I was named Captain Cass, and a few of my friends still call me that. And Al McCann said, Blackjack McCann. Great game. Yeah. Um, And on that note, (laughs) and the longest series of questions I've ever had to answer to generate a random name ever. You've never been on random name uh, name generator then, have you? Clearly. That's the end of the show. Bye.